in. Just some notices before we begin. Um, the uh, Everything has changed, <laughs> and um, so there are a few things that, that need to uh, to change. Um, this We won't be able to meet here now on the Sunday, so this is the last time that we can be here um, with a congregation, so we'll continue on streaming, and um, so um, all of the stuff in the building needs to... Um, to see, so that includes obviously things that we were doing while the meeting was on, junior church and so forth. Um, also, we were planning on having a prayer and worship evening the following Sunday evening. Obviously, we can't do that now. So, um, but just to things that we can do, just if you know the detail of this lockdown, what we can do is that we can meet one on one outside for a walk. So, I think we should make use of that as much as possible. Um, not only for our own exercise, but for our own encouragement. Find someone that you can go for a walk with um, and talk and encourage one another um, in the things of the Lord as well. So, do that. Um, on the email, you would have seen, if you got the email, is a couple of opportunities for financial support. In the cafe, we are due to uh, pay the music license, which enables us to play Christian music. Um, in the cafe. Obviously, we won't be buying it until the cafe reopens because the cafe closes, will be closed from Thursday. Um, I'll say a bit about that in a minute. Um, but if you would like to give some money towards that, if you could let me know, um, the total is about £340. I've been given or um, offered £190. I'm not going to take any money until we get, no, we can pay it. So then I don't have to give money back and all this kind of thing. But if you would like to give towards that, please let me know. That would be wonderful. As I said, we won't be paying it until we need to. Um, but if you could let me know. Also, um, there's a India Christmas program, uh, which I will um, just remind you. Again, it's, the details are in the, uh, in the email. Um, Pastor Piao in West Bengal, India, which um, you will know, I think, he's, he's been here, isn't he? Yeah. And um, uh, they're doing a Christmas outreach program, which they do every year, where they feed the villages, if you'd like to give towards that. The aim is to feed 16,000 people, and by doing that, they bring the gospel as well. So that's, um, that's something, if you want any more information, speak to Daniel, or you can give, I guess, through the usual means, but in, the, in your bank transfer, just put in the Christmas program or something like that. Um, prayer meetings continue tonight at 7 o'clock um, and also Wednesday morning at Hapa Stay on Zoom um, and um, I believe that that is it in terms of notices, there are a few birthdays this week um, as well so keep an eye on those, I won't mention them now but anyway I think that's it in terms of, oh cafe so the cafe will close, it will be open Wednesday so if you want to come down and make Wednesday our busiest day ever um, we could do with um, a little um, input of finances um, before we go on a break because bills do need to be paid. And um, so if you're able to, to come down, it'd be great for that last day and then we will be closed from Thursday till we're allowed to reopen. Um, fortunately, we've, the government is doing the furlough scheme, which is good for the staff as well, but keep them in mind as it's, it's never the full amount of money, but that's good anyway, that's a blessing. So this morning, um, I wanted to talk about faith. And um, the, I've been spending some time in 1 Thessalonians, and um, this subject really has been on my mind. As, um, it was prompted through West 1 Thessalonians, but also through talking to a number of people, just generally, 
And uh, I think the Lord just laid this on my heart um, about faith. And often when we think about faith, it can make us think of various things. It depends on our background, what kind of church background we come from, what kind of things have been taught about faith. And there's one particular point I think I want to get across that I hope by the end of this you'll go away um, encouraged by it. Um, but the, the verse that I just want to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the, the passage is chapter 2 to 10, but in verse 8, um, it says about the, um, let me go to verse 7. No, verse 6. It says, You became imitators of us and the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Asia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Asia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. He goes on, for they themselves report uh, concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And this is the, the verse. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Asia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. Um, uh, reading about how we need, as Christians, need to be relay stations. Uh, a relay station is where something is transmitted to a re- relay station who then retransmit it elsewhere. And this is what was going on amongst these people. They had met God, they had received the word of God, and as we said last time when I spoke on this, they received it with power and with the Holy Spirit and the conviction. And it became real to them that it, it didn't just abide in them, it flowed out from them. The word of God went forth, the gospel went forth, but also it says their faith in God was known among the people. And I thought, if, if there's anything that we need today is, is a testimony of our faith in God. Amen? Our, our faith in God. And I make, I'm saying faith in God on purpose because, um, as I say, there are sometimes we can get kind of like a little bit... Um, taken aside by what I would call faith in ourselves. Um, but we want faith in God. And there was this clear demonstration of faith. We don't know what that means, um, other than we can maybe read in between the lines that it wasn't just that they were sharing the gospel, but there was something about their lives that showed how they believed God. They believed in God. And Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's in the ESV and the NIV says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. i summarise it in this. I think I, I stole this off someone else and adapted it. But faith is trust, relying on God and obeying him when we don't fully understand the details. There's a certain... Knowledge to faith. We, when we say, if someone said to you this morning, does God exist? Faith will say, yes, I know he exists. And they may say, yes, but what about? And we say, I don't understand the details, but I know 
he exists. And that's how faith operates. Now, the Puritans in the 16th century would say that faith was made up of three things. First, knowledge. Then, assent, or called expressed agreement. And then what they would call affiance. Now, that I don't even think we use for 400 years, so or 300 years, wherever it's been since 1600s. Um, so I've called it ownership. I will explain that word a bit later. Ownership. So, or the laying hold of the knowledge to which we agree and making it our own by trusting in it. So, knowledge, agreement, ownership. That's what faith is made up of. And so the first thing is faith is knowledge. You can't believe what you do not know. And um, I, I did read this kind of little, kind of like a um, conversation, and I, I try and remember because I didn't put it in my notes. Someone said to someone, what do you believe? And they said, I believe what the church believes. He said, what does the church believe? The church believes what I believe. He said, but what do you believe? And often we talk about believing as if we are believers, but we don't know what we believe in. And so you have to start with knowledge, and you have to start with the word of God, this we, we read this and we believe in the existence of God because of what we read in the Word. Um, you know, being brought up in a Christian family, um, I um, knew a lot about various things. I knew a lot of, um, of stuff. I had a lot of knowledge. I knew facts. I knew scripture. I even believed that God existed. But I hadn't believed I hadn't put my faith in, or I hadn't, um, that was just the first part of faith, as it were, you know, to believe in the existence of God. And the thing is, when, what was important for me at that time, and I would say even to young people when I was doing youth work that were brought up in a Christian family, I'd say about my own children, and maybe you say the same thing, is they need to find God for themselves. Because they cannot just believe what I believe. Or as the parents, or what the youth leaders, or what the Sunday school teachers believe, they've got to know for themselves. They need to understand, if you like, or take the knowledge for themselves and then um, agree with it. And if they don't, when what they believe is challenged, then it's not founded on the knowledge of God or the Word of God, then their faith falls apart. So we need to know what we believe. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I don't believe that is just in hearing the gospel, then faith comes. It's hearing the word of God. It's knowing about God and knowing who he is. And so we need this word. So here's my first point. If we want to grow in faith, we cannot do that without going into this. We can't do it without the Word of God. And, and I think there is a movement or there are movements or there are people that are so into faith and they don't read the Bible. Faith has become something else to them. And, and this is my point, my first point at least, is that we can, we can read books, we can listen to sermons and they're all very good and I, and I encourage that, but never is it a replacement for the direct reading of the Word of God. In fact, and this is what I said to someone in the week, 
Don't read any books. Don't listen to anyone's opinions. Go straight to the scriptures, whether you understand it or not. By faith, you say the word of God is a living word. It may not uh, make me understand it, but it will minister to my being. And it will create in me faith to believe. That's what I believe will happen. We may not understand it, but it is the word of God. And that's the first step of faith, to believe that the Bible is the word of God. So we take the word, and that's no excuse for teachers to to be rubbish at teaching. (laughs) You know, well, I'm just going to speak it out. I used to have a a, a teacher, a biology teacher in sixth form over at Crown Woods. And her style of teaching was... And then... Did my battery just go then? Huh? It's back. I'll put new ones in. Um, it's just sit there at the front and dictate, and we would write it down. Um, I won't tell you what I got in my biology exam, but put it this way, it wasn't any A upwards. It was all the other end of the alphabet. <laughs> it was a U. Um, I didn't learn anything. Anyway, I digress. So... We've got to get in the Word. If you're not reading the Word on a regular basis, then you will not grow in faith. That's point number one. The second thing is, you know, knowledge will not bring life to us unless we agree that it is, one, the Word of God, but two, that this is right and not what I think is right. We've got to agree with it. We've got to um, also express that agreement. There's, there's a step between what I think and what I say. Um, isn't it interesting, it says, um, about salvation, it says, if you believe in your heart, and I'm going to try and remember this, that Jesus is the Son of God. I can't remember the exact verse, but that Daniel's already bowing his head because of this, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Amen. We've got to... I've lost it again, haven't I? Shall I change my mic? I might have lost. Where was I? Expressed agreement. If we simply say we believe it because it's just been told to us, but we don't agree with it, again, when it's challenged, we will be easily persuaded otherwise. There's a, a, an agreement. In order to have faith, we've got to believe it's the inspired word of God, understanding aside. I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to align myself with the word of God rather than try to... F- um, force the word of God upon or shape it into my opinions. So we've got to agree with it. But someone may have knowledge, they may even agree with it, but not yet possess faith. And this is where we get onto the third thing. And in the dictionary, if you look for affiance, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, it means to be engaged to marry. And, um, and the point here is it's about promise, 
entrusting, laying hold of, entrusting your life to it. Spurgeon said, the essence of faith lies in this, a casting of oneself on the promise. You lay hold of that word as the only option, as it were. I'm entrusting my life to it, I'm casting everything upon that, all my eggs are in that one basket. And there's a big difference between, as I said, knowledge and agreement, but yet really putting our faith into it. Um, I, I, there was a story of a, um, a, a woman at Niagara Falls. Uh, someone was going to do a tightrope across the, you know, when they, we've seen that, you know, doing a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And, uh, and the guy said, you know, do you believe that I can do this? And people were saying, yeah, I believe you can do that. And he said, okay, well, who would like to go on my back while I do it? said, oh, well, hold on a minute. There's a big difference between saying that you believe something, even knowing they can do it, but when your life is on the line for it, that's when you know if you've got faith. And the story was about this woman who, who got on his back and uh, went across the whole thing. Another story, just to get this point across. Um, when you're on a ship and you get those um, life... Uh, huh? Life boy, is it called, or something? Those, those things, that, those hoops that you put around you when you're... Yeah, no one's helping me here. <laughs> Belt, yeah, that do. Um, and uh, some, um, a man is, 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 is drowning um, and someone throws this thing over. You know, it's a wonderful thing, it's a wonderful invention, but unless that individual either grabs hold of it or wraps, puts himself, himself in it or around it, it is useless. And again, this is his whole point. You know, where you've got to lay hold of it, own it, grab it, and hang on to it. Um, If there was a fire in the the upper room of a house, some people gathered round the street, a child is in the upper, um, in the the, um, um, upstairs, and he's standing at a window, you know, how is he going to escape? He can't jump down, he will die, it's a big distance, or he'll break all his his body into pieces. And then this big strong man comes underneath, this Brad Cummings comes underneath, he's got big muscles. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and he says, jump, and I'll catch you. So it's, you know, it's, and here's the point. It is a part of faith to know that the man is there. It's a part of faith to believe that the man is strong. It's the essence of faith that lies in jumping into the man's arms. Yeah? You can catch me anytime, Brad. Uh, so what's the point here? Faith takes the word, the word, obeys the word, trusts the word. It takes the word of Christ, trusts and relies on Christ. And I'm trying to move to this to my main point now. Two men are in a boat and they're going, they're going down these rapids and they realise they're coming to a big massive waterfall, maybe like the Niagara Falls or Victoria Falls. And as they're in their boat, it's being pushed about and they come out of their boat and they're both floating um, with speed towards their death. And on, um, on the side, you see a man and he has a rope and he throws the rope out and he says, catch hold of this rope. And one man catches hold of the rope, but the other man finds a bit of the boat which is broken, which is floating along, and he grabs hold of this wood. Now, one man got saved that day because there was one man who held on to the rope, and on the other end of that rope was another man that was was his anchor that was holding him. He pulled him to shore. The other one, 
held on to something that had no anchor, that was on its same journey. And in this picture, I want you to imagine, that when we think about works, when we think particularly about salvation, because the first part of faith that we need is faith for salvation, is this floating bit of wood is um, our works, our natural abilities. We can hang on to our works. We can even strap ourselves to our works, tie ourselves onto it, have steel hooks digging into these logs or these bits of broken wood. It doesn't matter how hard you hang on to that bit of wood, you're still going to go and fall to your death. But when we hang on to the rope, and this rope is linked to Christ, who pulls us ashore, faith is that rope. It's our connection with Christ. Christ is on the shore, he's holding the rope of faith, and if we lay hold of it, have confidence in it, he pulls us ashore. But our good works have no connection to Christ. It doesn't matter how good they are, how good we can be, how, you know, how intelligent we can be, or how, you know, practical we can be, it doesn't matter what we do. If Christ is not holding on to it, then it means nothing to us. And our hope, our faith, is in Christ. So Thessalonians, he says, your faith in your works, in your abilities, in your service, in your ability to believe, your faith in God. This reminded me of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. There's a wonderful picture here, and it's a good passage if you want to go and read it another time. At the promises of God, and his character. And he says this, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed so that, two, that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. This is the important bit. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Our faith, our hope, our faith in God is, is like a rope wrapped around us and you follow that rope, and I remember about this some time back, and you follow it through and it goes into the temple, into the holy place, into the holy of holies, and they're anchored to Christ on the altar. It's fixed. My hope, my faith is in Christ and I'm, I'm effectively holding on to Christ. And I've heard faith taught to be an experience, even a kind of like self-persuasion. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it, say it to yourself, say it to yourself, positive affirmation, and, and that's, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with positive, positive affirmation. What I'm saying is, it's not faith. You know, being able to persuade yourself is putting your faith in your own abilities, in your, in your ability to persuade yourself to be positive enough is not holding on to Christ. It is taking your eyes off of Christ and onto yourself. Some also would say, um, 
we're relying essentially on ourselves. And again, in Thessalonians, your faith in God. And he goes on and says, how, and this is the message, how you turn to God from idols. They turned to God. God became their, well, God became their focus. And there are some that teach that faith is a force that we receive and we are yet to learn how to yield it, or sorry, wield it effectively. You know, if you, everything is yours. If you haven't got it yet, it's because you haven't wielded this force that enables you to get it. These are my words of trying to put it into more of a, you know, if you believe, you haven't received that because you haven't believed hard enough, my words added. And I know so many people that have come into such despair because they've put the struggle onto themselves because they believe that it's because they, some, they are lacking something in themselves. The fact of the matter is we all lack something in ourselves. That's why we hang on to Christ. Our faith is in Christ. Not even my ability to believe. Now, I know some of you might be saying, ah, but what is it, what is, doesn't it say, help, you know, Jesus said, oh, you're, um, oh, thee of little faith. But when you think about those stories, it's because they didn't see Jesus for who he was. It wasn't because they just didn't, weren't able to fulfill the activity. They didn't believe who Jesus was. They didn't know who he was until he rose from the dead. And we have the benefit of the scriptures that show us the character. We haven't, I won't have time to go into the character of God. But it was, when we start to understand faith in God, we realize it is about God's character that we need to know. That's the knowledge our faith is based on. Who God is. The more we know who God is, the more we will be men and women of faith. Oswald Chambers, this was only, I only read this yesterday. So if you read Oswald Chambers, you you would have read this. He said this, faith by its very nature must be tested and tried. And the real trial of faith is not that we find it difficult to trust God, but that God's character must be proven as trustworthy in our own minds. I'm interpreting this in this, um, in this way. Where you thought that you do not have faith, Maybe it's an area in your mind that hasn't fully understood God. That's what I think he's saying. God's character must be proven as trustworthy in our own minds. Faith being worked out into reality must experience times of unbroken isolation. Have you been through times of where you felt that God is completely distant and you are isolated from him? Unbroken isolation. And he, he says this, is a, uh, never confuse the trial of faith with the ordinary discipline of life because a great deal of what we call the trial of faith is the inevitable result of being alive. In other words, by being alive we will have trouble. Um, don't think that that is just the, uh, the trial of faith, but there is a trial of faith. And he says, faith, as the Bible teaches it, is faith... God coming against everything that contradicts him. I'm going to say that again. This is really important. I think this is fundamental. Okay? Faith, as the Bible teaches it, 
is faith in God coming against everything that contradicts him. So first you need to know who God is. And then you look at this experience and you say, everything about this experience contradicts him. And in that moment is faith. And faith says, but yet I will hang on to him. Rather than he must change because it contradicts this. And the trial of faith, and he says, let me go around, he says, a faith that says I will remain true to God's character, whatever he may do, is the highest and the greatest expression of faith in the whole Bible is, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, Job 13. Maybe I can just make this statement. We think great faith is healing or the sick raising the dead. I think great faith is this. When someone has come to a point like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who says, who says my God will, our God will save us but if he doesn't, nevertheless, we will stick with him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though this situation is not changing, yet I will stay on the, what I believe the goodness of God is. And when the word of the Lord says, no good thing will he withhold from those who will who walk upright. Psalm 139, I think it is. Or 82, 4. It's in there, it's in the Bible. See, if we are to be men, women of faith, we must focus our attention on faithfulness, not on our ability to believe for an hour. If we're believing for an outcome as opposed to believing in the one who we trust will, in his purposes, lead us in his way according to his goodness and his righteousness and his holiness. That is what it means to be a man and woman of faith. If we grow as people of God, we must increase and grow our understanding of his character. Now, we're now entered into a month lockdown. What are you going to do if you have more time? Not everyone will, but if you have more time, what are you going to do with your time? Well, here's, here's something you could do. Why don't you spend this time looking at the character of God? And you could probably find verses in there. You could probably find Bible stories in there on the internet. Looking at the character of God. Look at his holiness. There is a, probably a theological word for it. Um, that someone may know that, that you can list all the attributes and the characteristics of God. What about meditating on one of those once a day, just thinking about it, say, Lord, give me a vision for who you are and make my mind catch up with the reality of who you are so that my experience, whatever it is, I can hold on to you by faith. If what you're listening to or reading causes you to look at yourself, and this is where it comes to other preachers, myself included, if by listening to me it causes you to look at yourself and not look to God, then I want you to rethink on what you're listening. Find teaching that says, look at him. Now, I know that we're all loved of God, you're a child of God and you're wonderful, and as my wife says, you're beautiful and things like this and wonderful, and I'm not taking away that truth. I'm just saying that when that is all that we have, and it turns our attention on us, 
me, myself and I, then I think we will start to see our faith diminish because we start to see ourselves rather than God. So when we know the character of God, who he is and what he stands for, I've just got three things I want to uh, finish with. The first thing is this. In faith, we can step into the unknown. Um, let's, I want to welcome Abigail to us this morning. I know she's not on camera. Welcome Abigail to lockdown. And uh, <laughs> this is great. This is the unknown, isn't it? Um, but there are areas in our lives of the unknown. And it's faith in the character and in the promises of God that allow me to step out. And when Peter stepped out on the water, he stepped out on the basis of who was walking on the water. Jesus. And so when he took his eyes off Jesus, that he saw everything else around. When everything is in your comfort zone, you don't need faith. In, this is my, that's my first thing, stepping into the unknown. Second thing is how we stand in our trials. As just read, you know, in, in Chambers, faith by its very nature must be tested and tried. God's character must be proven as trustworthy in our own minds. If you're going through a trial and keeping to point, there is life, and things just are difficult in life, and then there are trials. And I think one of the greatest trials is when God goes silent. But the promises is that he's gone silent because you are worth it. And, he, and you read that passage, you can read that in Oswald Chambers, he goes on to say that that's the... Per- I think I might be thinking it wrong but I'll say this as truth anyway, that he's doing that because you're worth it, because he's celebrating you, because something special is going on in you. And you look at Abraham. When God changed Abraham to Abraham, gave him a new name, there was an experience of God that came over him that was like darkness. This leads on to my, you know, in faith we can stand in the silence. Faith is not dependent on our experience, it's dependent on the word of God. Amen? Even in darkness, God is at work. In the silence, he is present. He's working when we do not feel it. We can sit in the silence with the knowledge that God works without my knowing, without my feeling. Uh, We trust him to work without my participation because he will work for my good and for his glory. And so, if your prayer life, and I always, if you ask me any advice, I will say this. Spend time sitting in silence. God. I will always say it. So if you want to, if you're thinking about asking me how you can grow in the Lord, well there you go, do that. And sit there on the, on, with the faith to believe that it's not about you, it's about what he is doing. And you are giving him opportunity to minister into your life. You may hear him, you may experience his presence, you may feel his love, you may feel nothing. Your mind might be elsewhere, you may be fidgety. But because you do that, you're saying, I'm giving myself to you, Lord, do what you will in me. Faith says you are doing something. Not my experience, not the outcome, not what happens next. Not because after that I always have a good day at work. It's nothing to do with that. In fact, um, it will lead to where you say, I don't need anything from you, Lord, just that I'm here for you. That's where faith can take us. And that is very attractive to me. Psalm 139 11 to 12 says this, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. 
And I think in that same psalm it says, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. Are you convinced this morning of the character of God? Have you forgotten who he is? Has he has it become human to you? Have you started to form a human idol out of the things you think God is? And so when your idol reaches its limit, that's when things really go pear-shaped for you. Are you convinced that he is, a, he is love? He is not just a God of love, he is love. And that is his character. Are you convinced that his promises are yes and amen, as the scripture says? Are you convinced that he cannot lie? Are you convinced that his purposes for your life are the absolute best? No matter what you're experiencing. So I want to just finish with this. Maybe over this lockdown, this may be a real blessing for you. If you've been, I know not, as I say, teachers are still teaching, some people are still working, but even if you are carrying on working, force some time in your life to reflect on the character of God and put your faith in him. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Guys want to get ready on the stage. We do a final song or something. Father, I just want to thank you for who you are. You are a God of love. You're a God of peace. You are holy, righteous God, a judge. Lord, you are a God of forgiveness. Lord, you are God of compassion, long-suffering. Lord, and you will make us like yourself. Lord, I just want to pray for anyone who is just going through something right now where they need faith to believe, to hang on to you, Lord, and thank you, Father, that that is what faith is. In its, at its core, it is literally just hanging on to you not having to have the power to to do something, but to trust you, Lord. And help us to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to pray for those who cannot pray because of their situation. Lord, to stand and encourage others who cannot encourage themselves. Lord, that's why you've given us the church. And Lord, over this month, as we look into this month of lockdown, Lord, may we use it, Lord, for growing in God, knowing you more, Lord, and encouraging one another, Lord, to be men and women of faith. And may our faith as a church go forth from this place. So, Lord, I just pray for us and commit us and just pray your help for those who need it right now in Jesus' name. Amen.